everyone. Welcome to the Intentional Parenting Podcast. Intentional Parenting is an initiative created by the church at Rocky Peak to provide parents with resources and opportunities for community with other parents to better equip and unleash you to help your kids become passionate Christ followers. For more information, please check out our website at rockypeak.org forward slash parenting. Hey, what's up, parents, and welcome back to the Intentional Parenting Podcast. My name is Dre, and today we're going to be continuing this focus we've been in for the last several episodes on being exhausted parents. Now, if you're new to the podcast or you just want a refresher, as I often say, go ahead and check out part one of this miniseries in which I establish a foundation that parenting is exhausting. Can I please get an amen from you on that truth? Parenting is exhausting on every level. It's physically exhausting, emotionally, mentally and even spiritually. It's exhausting at the level of the heart. And so again, we unpacked in the first episode that as parents, Jesus is offering us a deeper rest than just taking a nap, offering us a rest at the heart level in the midst of our day-to-day parenting. And so again, check out part one if you haven't yet, but today I'm excited to have another conversation about this. And Joining me on the podcast is my friend, Lindsay Downs. Lindsay, welcome to the Intentional Parenting Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited you're here, Lindsay. So, Lindsay, let's get this, let's get this taken care of right at the beginning. You're tired, right? Very. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lindsay, why don't you tell everybody, how many kids do you have and what are their ages? Um, so, I have three kids. Um, my oldest is almost five. My middle is almost three, and then I have a almost one-year-old. My goodness, you are tired. Yeah. There is not enough caffeine in the world. Yeah, I'm on my second cup already. <laughs> <laughs> now, Lindsay, one thing I want to ask you, what do you tend to find tiring as you parent your three kids? I think one of the hardest things is getting out of the house in the morning. Um, it's you know, it should be a simple thing. And before we had kids, it was like, okay, you get up, you get dressed, eat some breakfast and leave. And I'm sure the other parents will understand what I mean to say when it doesn't always go like that when you've got kids, especially little ones that have their own ideas of how they want to spend their morning. I feel like looking back, man, we took leaving the house casually for granted, didn't we? Absolutely. Yes. So for you, especially having three that are, is your oldest in kindergarten or preschool? He's still in preschool, yeah. Okay, so you've got three preschool and younger. Mm -hmm. So what is that like to try to get them all out of the house and somewhere somewhat reasonably on time? Yeah, I think I've had to maybe time it out a little bit of like, okay, I know it's going to take me about two hours, no matter (laughs) what way I slice it. And if we go longer than that, then I've gotten into like this no man's land of they've gotten into something else and they're not ready to leave. Or if we do it too fast, they're like, they won't let me help them kind of a thing. They just haven't had their time to decompress. So I I do it by myself. My husband is, uh, he's in trades. So he works, uh, early in the morning. So he's out of the house. Yeah. So it's just me. So you're the one trying to get this all going. My goodness. I feel like I need to hug you in this (laughs) moment. But I remember that. So what, what else with these, with uh, the age group that you have, what else are you finding really tiring in your day to day? Um, I think also just trying to give them some independence. Um, I'm sure 
moms of preschoolers, parents of preschoolers will know that they're trying to, you know, exert some autonomy in the world. And um, they're just, you know, a lot of times they're not capable and you want to support them, but you don't have time to support them. You and especially if I've got my baby who needs me, I can't necessarily um, help the two year old, help the th uh, the four year old. Um, so it's like you got to do it by yourself. But also I I want to help you because it just moves faster that way. So for your older two, are you talking autonomy like they're trying to cut their own pizza or pour their own drink type thing? Um, sometimes that, but usually it's like put on their socks or turn on the TV or choose the music that we play on Alexa or something. Um, so they want to do it themselves and they, you know, and sometimes they'll fight, obviously, of like, no, it's my turn or it's the other. Of course, turn. siblings. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think I think really God gave us siblings to teach us the 70 times seven thing. Like I, I would imagine that my kids have had to forgive each other almost that many times in a day. And for us as parents to have to learn to forgive them, right? Oh, absolutely. Like to sit there and be like, you're fighting over Alexa again. Mm -hmm. Kind of <laughs> kind of brand new. Now, what about this exhaustion? Let's talk a little bit about expectations, actually. Uh, Did you... I think all of us as parents walked into parenting having some level of like, it's going to be tiring. Mm -hmm. But did you ever expect it to be this tiring? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, you see moms, you know, my, mo my mom was a great example of mom. Like she was a stay-at-home mom. She got us all out to school on time. We were never late. Um, you know, perfect attendance kind of a thing. So I think I had that ideal in my head and I was like, well, I just can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole new level of, you know, neediness and, you know, I, I was losing myself a little bit and like, okay, well, if I don't get ready before the kids, then our whole day is shot. <laughs> We're just not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You brought up your mom as an example. Since becoming a parent, I have reflected a lot on my parents and realized that, man, what in a sense they made look easy, I'm realizing really wasn't. No. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about that a lot as a parent that similarly, I remember my parents getting us out the door. I remember my parents taking us to Disneyland. I remember my parents taking us out to dinner. And now as a parent, I'm going, wow, there was a much bigger cost than I realized. And it's actually made me deeply, much more appreciative sure, sure. of my parents because there's things they did that I'm like, I don't know if I have the emotional energy for that right now. Absolutely. I don't think we can go to Chili's right now. I think we're just going <laughs> to order in. Well, I appreciate you being so honest and authentic about Thanks. that. I'm, I'm sure there are many parents out there who be like, yes, preach it, sister. I'm <laughs> exactly in that. But also, let's transition a bit. We're talking about being tired, but the fact that Jesus does promise us rest, but it's a different type of rest than maybe we think we need, and I think one deeper. And so how have you seen being a parent and a tired parent kind of impacting or evolving the way you spend time with the Lord? Yeah, um, I think uh, we were always early to bed, early to rise people in our marriage. And so because my husband works early and um, and so I used to be the 5 a.m. kind of person where I could spend 45 minutes in the word or have worship music on. And, you know, I just don't have that luxury anymore. Um, you know, 5 a.m. is like when sometimes our kids are getting up, you know, and they're like ready for the day. And so that looks a lot different. I'm still kind of mourning, I think, the like the time that I used to be able to spend with Jesus in the mornings. And like, I'm trying to figure out how to bring that back in now that like, you know, my youngest is still, she's young, but she's fairly in a good routine. Um, 
And so I'm trying to bring that back in uh, and find that rest again because I think I have been pretty, you know, trying to kind of grit it and do it on my own for sure. There were a couple of things you were sharing with me before we recorded. So as a mom, what are some of the new rhythms you've had to develop uh, as your life has just changed with different kids coming? Yeah, um, I think one of the things that was really important for us is consistent church attendance. Um, And if we were sick, you know, obviously kids get sick a lot. So we would try and do the live stream live um, just so that time was still carved out in our week. Um, you know, and that obviously sometimes that went well and sometimes that didn't go so well. Um, we would put on like the RPK for the kids or we would put on, um, I think you talked about the, the Bible app for kids, one of the episodes. So yeah, we would use that too. Um, let me ask you this. Why? Cause that's a beautiful thing. Why for your family was that important? Like, Hey, there, we're going to be at church consistently. I think for me, it was the teaching. Like I wanted to be part of the teach. I wanted to be listening to the teaching as much as possible. Like I I love consuming, um, like consuming the word, consuming that kind of stuff. Um, And obviously the worship, like communal worship is really impactful for me and for my husband as well. Um, And also our community. I mean, we were were picking the 9 a.m. because that's what worked with naps. I'm sure, again, parents of young kids will know uh, you kind of have to guard that a little bit. Um, And so, yeah, seeing our community, being there with our friends so that we were, you know, building those relationships and really having a tribe. Mm. Would you say that that consistent church rhythm was one of the things that you found just refreshing, even in some of your exhaustion? Oh, definitely. Like, you know, you don't want to do it sometimes. You don't want to wake up, you know, you don't want to get the kids ready to go. Like, you don't want to, um, you know, it'd be so much easier to just sit at home. And, you know, it's it's a blessing that we have a gathering place to go to. I mean, I remember coming even in COVID when we were still outside and, you know, that was a different experience, but it was wonderful. And like God met us so many times like that. You know, one thing too, I just want to encourage you and your husband that by committing to that, one of the most powerful things you're actually giving your kids is you've normalized that we go to church, even when you watch it at home. I think that's something I don't know that I would have thought of on my own, but you've continued to reinforce that rhythm by we're going to watch the live stream when it's happening. We're going to watch this. So our kids are being raised and this is what we get to do. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, you were sharing a couple of other things with me. What other rhythms have you developed kind of in the reality of being a parent? So um, if I don't get to necessarily spend time in the word on my own, I, I've always been a listener. I like to listen to things. So sometimes I'll have headphones in and doing like I do a dwell audio app. Um, so I like that app a little better for audio. Um, but obviously, version app is great, too. There's lots of audio Bibles. Um, but I like to keep little like Bible books available for the kids. Um, we have those in the living room. We have them in their bedrooms. Um, so they'll come up to me and they'll be like, oh, I want to read this one. I'm like, yes, let's read that one. That's the one we should read today. And I find so many times that God will minister to me, even in those silly little kids books, um, if I have the right heart posture. Yeah. You know, let me go back to the Dwell app, because that's something I'm a little familiar with through my wife. Can you explain a little bit of what it is and what does it do? So Dwell has a bit more options um, as far as voices. Um, they don't have as many translations as the version. So it's a Bible app. It's a Bible app, yes. So it primarily is Bible. I think they do have devotionals now, um, but it's primarily Bible. And what you can do is like you can 
put a playlist on or you can just set a verse or a chapter and it will repeat it over and over and over. That's the dwell mode. Oh, wow. Um, and so if you're memorizing scripture or if you're wanting to like really study a passage, like you kind of have to let it ruminate in your mind. Yeah. And so uh, for me being very auditory, it was helpful to have that option. That's really cool. Going back to some of the kids uh, board books or mm-hmm. the Bibles, what have been some that have just been impactful for your family? Um, one of them was the Jesus Storybook Bible. Um and that one has a cute little, almost like devotional content uh, paired with the Bible stories. Um, and then some of the board books we have, I think the series is called uh, Big Theology for Little Hearts. Oh, cool. Um, and then there's another that's like Never Too Little. That one was showed to be my, my old life group leader. Um, and those were so cute. They're just telling little, it always gives the context of um, this is a story Jesus told, or this is a true story from the Bible. Um and so like a parable versus something that actually happened in the gospels. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I like those. Those are, those are cute little adaptations of Bible stories. That's really cool. I'm not familiar with those second and third options that you laid out. Can you again, just say, what are the, the series is? Um, one of them, big theology for little hearts. Um, and then another was never too little, I think is the name of the series. Stephanie something is her name. We're going to look it up. Stephanie something. Uh, when my kids were young, like yours were, we did the Jesus story book Bible. And if you're unfamiliar with it, parents, you can get it on Amazon. But one of the things that I loved about it is it, it presents the Bible as one whole story. Yeah. And so it has a paragraph, you know, I forget off the top of my head, you might be the, the never ending, never running out. Love mm-hmm. of God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It describes God's love from the very opening in Genesis, and it keeps talking and pointing to Jesus. And I saw that with my kids, that it really opened their eyes that the Bible isn't a bunch of random stories totally. collected in one book. It's one giant story told throughout these various lives and various years. And so I can't speak highly enough about the Jesus Storybook Bible. Mm-hmm. It's really engaging. So as your kids are getting older and transitioning, you mentioned, I think your older two are in preschool, right? Yes. Where do you see an opportunity to begin applying some new rhythms, like spiritually, as their reality is changing? Um, that's actually a really good question. I feel like that's something that we are starting to do. As, um, like at Christmas time, I did an Advent devotional at the breakfast table um, for the first time this year, uh, or this, you know, a couple months ago now. And I found that that was really refreshing for for me and for them because it gives me a chance to kind of teach them and still be in the word. Um, and then, you know, they have good questions now. They're they're getting older. So they um, they enjoyed that little storybook time. It's more like bonding with mom time, too. They get that. We don't always have the time to slow down in the morning. So I think that was a good rhythm. I'd like to continue doing some more devotional things. I think you talked about the Louis Giglio one. We got that one at Christmas time. So I want to open that one up and start it too. Yeah, that's the, uh, which one? There's Indescribable. Indescribable yeah. And then there's How Great Is Your God. These are um, young kid devotionals that show God in science. And so really for worldview, it's about God as creator. Hey, one thing you said that I really, really love is it doesn't have to be mornings, Mm -hmm. right? And so talk just a little bit more about that. It's like, what difference did you see by doing this with your kids in the evenings? Um, I mean, at bedtime, you know, they're, they're reflecting on the day, they're, um, you know, they're maybe a little tired. They don't have as much will, maybe. Well, <laughs> that's not entirely true. I'm sure bedtime is 
a, a second wind in some ways. Um, it's a war zone in some families. <laughs> yeah, bedtime has been tricky too. Um, but it, it's just been, it's been nice to have that, uh, like it's always an opportunity throughout the day. They always have access to certain books. And then if I come in and I'm like, I want to read this one, sometimes they fight me on it. But I'm like, no, we're going to we're gonna read this book tonight. Like this is something that's important for our family um, to kind of consume the word together and talk about it and, um, you know, hopefully model that. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And, and again, I just appreciate you bringing up the dinnertime thing, because I think sometimes there's, for those of you that have been in the church for a while, or especially raised in the church, there's sometimes a Christian myth that the most spiritual time of the day is the morning. And again, for many people, mornings are powerful. For many families, mornings are powerful. But as families, sometimes the best use of being intentional with impacting kids spiritually is the dinner table mm -hmm. or is the um, bedtime. And I think, Lindsay, you can speak to this. That doesn't mean that your kids are perfectly calm and attentive, right? No, <laughs> not always. Some of my best devotional times had food thrown mm -hmm. or tears or the dog was more engaging mm -hmm. at that point. But man, these things stick. Yeah. They really do. And so, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming and having a conversation. Before we wrap up, is there any last encouragement you want to give to just the fellow parents out there? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Dre. This was fun. Um, I think it's just, it's okay for your time with God to be different than it was before you were a mom or a dad. Um, I just have found that like trying to consume as much as I can, like putting on worship music or listening to a podcast or a sermon or a teaching. Um, like I do a lot of YouTube also, like YouTube podcasts are a big uh, thing that I like uh, during nap time or- They're a great tool. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love memorizing scripture. I know that's something we kind of talk about a lot in church is like trying to have that in your back pocket so that when your kid comes with you, comes to you with a question, you kind of have something, you know, maybe you don't have the, the right answer, but you know where to look for it. Um, That's yeah. awesome. It reminds me of something when we had Christy Enyard on, that when you're listening to sermons or podcasts, feel free to listen to them out loud, mm -hmm. you know, like in the house or in the car. Just again, you're normalizing for your kids. Like, hey, we want to be formed by the word, by voices talking about it. So... Lindsay, you're wonderful. Thank you so Thanks much for this opportunity. And don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share these podcasts with a friend. And we will see you next time.